0: PWO, 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 PWO,
1: PWO, PWO, PWO,
2: WrestleCast as always I'm your host Matt and we have a pretty special guest with us tonight uh Kyle you want to introduce who we have
0: yeah um not you know like he needs an introduction at all he is he is he's an ECW legend um has been has has been pretty much everywhere you know where you where you've seen a professional wrestling match um former ECW heavyweight champion former two-time ECW world tag team champion uh multiple time hard hard uh a hardcore champion guys he is he is the Portuguese man of war uh Mr. PJ Palaco.
1: What's going on guys? How are you?
2: Not too bad, so not yeah,
0: too we're bad. We're very happy to have you.
1: Oh happy to yeah. be here dude.
0: Yeah nice same by the same back to you. I know that uh you know COVID's a bitch so how are how are you holding up?
1: oh everything's fine man other than the fact that uh you know i'm not out there wrestling uh that's been the hardest uh not just for me but for anybody in entertainment rock and roll music whatever uh we're not you know not being able to tour is uh, a how we make our money which that's been a huge bummer for everyone um you know that's that's been hard and uh just also not being able to uh to do what you love, uh to perform your craft. Um it's it's been very difficult. So uh hopefully we're on the tail end of this thing and uh we can get back to, you know, back in front of crowds and uh safely, of course, and uh, just start doing some uh, you know, get back to some normalcy and some good pro wrestling, you know.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: We are ready. It's been so long, it feels like. It
1: has, man. It has. like I'm just hoping that uh we as a wrestler, you know, the community of wrestling, uh both fans and wrestlers. I think we all appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, I think we miss it. We definitely miss it as performers for various reasons. And I think the fans miss the live event, uh, you know, experience, because that's really the bloodline and the lifeblood of what we do. Uh, So I just hope that when the tickets go back on sale, people go out and, uh, you know, get back to 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 what we love, you know.
2: Mm. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: uh, Well, I guess blessed here. Last live show we had, at least that I was at, was that first episode of Dynamite. Uh, yeah. we oh, okay. Yeah. So, I haven't right been to get to one since then, and man, I am I'm ready.
3: I'm yeah. Doesn't this, this seem like
4: I was a hundred years ago? Seriously. Oh, like wow. I mean, was like, what was it? October twenty nineteen. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jeez, that was a long time ago. That's it's, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it seems closer to two years than one. You know.
3: Right.
1: So Crazy. you know.
2: Crazy.
0: Like yeah, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> you
2: imagine as a wrestler. I
0: know.
2: Um. So, Mister Incredible, Mister Credible. Oh God. <laughs> we, made typo, we made the typo on the live video that I have to fix. Uh, now, having looked at it, I'm I'm screwed for the rest of the show. So just throw something at me. Um. i'm gonna hit you, I'm you with a
3: chair. Where's that I freaking kendo stick? You're getting cane. You're getting more cane,
0: and you better get it right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, you have a very impressive career, if anyone's actually gone back and looked. But if you don't mind me asking, I want to start with uh, your training. Uh, you sure. went to Canada to the Hart Brothers training camp in 1992 with Keith Hart, and we also know you were trained uh, by Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. We we're kind of curious, what was that like? Um, you know, We, we know there was a lot of work with, with Storm and Jericho. Uh, I mean, I know it was Keith, and who was the other one, the other Hart?
1: Uh Bruce. Bruce. And actually uh Jericho was not part of uh he didn't help train me. He was in the heart camp the year prior. So he was uh at the he was at the heart camp in ninety-one. I was at the heart camp in ninety-two. Lance came back to to help train the camp, but uh Chris I had only met uh, you know through like he was bouncing at a club with lance uh and i would go to that club and lance would come by for practice once in a while or not lance chris would uh come through for like per- practice in the ring once in a while but uh he never uh actually trained me
2: well, okay i got wrong yep um, yeah. so, <laughs>
1: it's it's yeah. that it's that it's that damn wikipedia yeah
4: right?
1: <laughs> fucks everybody up
2: <laughs> yeah got me there so what was what was it like training up there in Canada?
1: And oh, it was amazing, dude. It was it was really cool. Uh, you know, uh, they they were so um so into detail and so so much into respect of the business. I mean, they gave you uh, a legitimate course in not only the you know what to do inside of the of the squared circle, but really outside of the squared circle as far as how to handle yourself, how to do business, how to represent yourself, how to not, not get heat how to show respect. I mean, it was, uh, you really, you learn so many aspects that a lot of uh, young men and women, unfortunately, these days, don't get going to uh, wrestling schools. In another testament to what the hearts were doing at the time, um, it, they offered a one-time course, um, two months, Monday through Friday, eight weeks, for $3,000. And uh, that was it. When that was done, I was considered a pro wrestler. So you went out on your own. I went back, you know, uh, to Connecticut back home and uh, decided to come back out to Calgary to have my first 10 matches only because they were running an indie, but it was uh, in no way, shape or form uh, part of my school uh, wrestling training. I just decided to go up there and take a shot on my own, out of my own pocket. So uh, where today, like, it's a little different. Like, you know, I hear uh, guys and gals like, yeah, I, I trained uh, one year under this school. And then I went to this other school for another year and a half. I'm like, what school were you going through, man? I like, I banged <laughs> that shit out in eight weeks. Not, not like I'm some prodigy or anything, but that's like how they did it, you know? Because if you don't have it down in eight weeks, guess what? Doing it, you know what I mean? Going to another camp and doing it for another year or two isn't going to make you better. What made you better? Like, they teach you the basics. And then the real learning happened when you got booked, right? right. Like, you learned how to lock up. You learned how to hit the ropes. You learned how to you know, do some mat wrestling. They taught you about kayfabe and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but that's it. So, like, you know, I was learning how to do suplexes and other big moves as you go along in, in the ring, like in front of live people. That's how it was traditionally, uh, you know, back in the day, too, for uh, people coming up in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Like, if you remember uh, some of Hogan's stories, they taught him basically how to roll around uh, in the ring, you know, with, uh, Harold Matsuda, I believe it was, uh, and then, you know, they just threw him out there to work. And, uh, and that's how it was, you know, you learned by getting in the ring, um, you know, cause guess what? There's no powerbomb practice at wrestling school, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, you, you learn how to lock up, you learn how to take your your traditional back bumps, your flip bumps and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, yeah, the rest of the stuff really was like on, on the, on the job training, uh, you know, can't talk today, but, uh, nonetheless, you know, that's how it was, you know,
3: that's awesome. Yeah. Now, you did, did did you get any of the sort of, uh, you know, legendary sort of, um, uh, try to run you out of the business by stretching you and stuff like that. I mean, that's some of Hulk Hogan's stories for sure. <laughs>
1: Hold on one second. My Alexa's going off Alexa off. <laughs> she doesn't mind. It was to remind me of this podcast uh, if I was late, if I was late. But uh, anywho, yeah, they did actually. Um, what they, uh, they didn't necessarily um, try to hurt you, but, um, you know, before you got in the ring, for example, they would make you run a couple of miles every day before you step foot in the ring. Then like 500 free squats in the middle of the ring and all kinds of, you know, you'd have to bump your ass off. And the, the point of it all was to blow you up, exhaust you, and put such a physical beating on you that you wouldn't come back. We started off with 12, uh, 12 guys. Uh, well, no, actually, I think it was like 10 guys and two gals. I could be wrong. It was a long time ago, but uh, something like that. And uh, at the end of it, uh, it was only uh, two of us. Uh, wow. Myself and this other gentleman named Brett Farrell. That was his real name. He wrestled in uh, Toronto as uh, Big Daddy Hammer. Um, But we were the only two that made it out of the camp successfully to have like regular matches, you know, in front of people. So yeah, they, they, they didn't stretch you as much as they, you know, like the legend would tell you, but they tried to, uh, to get you to quit, you know, uh, by running you ragged. And they did that, you know, a lot of people didn't have the heart for it. And I was like, you know what, Um, you got to do what you got to do. And the hearts were known for that stuff. And, uh, but rightfully so, because, you know you couldn't uh, back then it was you know you can't just let everyone that wants to be a wrestler you can't let them in you know um there's only so many back then there were only so many jobs available for full-time professional wrestlers so it's like the more people you train um, to become a wrestler and you're smartening smartening them up the less opportunity there is for you um you know because back then that's really how it was you know there were so many limited spots now uh, it's so different. It's almost like pay to play, right? You got three thousand dollars. You're a wrestler. You can go work at you know this. Joe Blow has an indie show in front of twenty people, uh stuff like that, which we've all done. You know, I've done mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, I did it back when I was starting, and to this day, I'll still do them just because mm-hmm. you know. You know, it's not like you know what's going to happen, but sometimes nobody shows up, <laughs> and you end up doing these shit shows. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's 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 just how it is, and. Um, yeah, I just, uh, in some way, that pay-to-play attitude never really uh, never really worked for me. Because, again, I think just because you pay to train does not give you the right to lace up a pair of boots and get in the ring. And I think we've lost that along the way. We've become a little bit too, it's like we're handing out participation trophies, you know, like in sports. And unfortunately, this is a business, and we forget about that. And I think, um, you know, the wrestlers, we were taught to work the fans. And um, I think half of the people we're working these days are the the boys. Um, and what I mean by that is half of the people that are in the business are still the marks. You know, just because they paid to train does not mean they're smart to the deal. Doesn't mean, you know, just because you, you're out there at ringside at an indie show with 10 people doesn't make you a manager. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it just, it goes on and on. Uh, but you know, there's a, there's a big difference between a real professional and some fly by night, uh, you know, character or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure sure you guys can relate to what I'm talking about.
3: Yes, we can, because we're Marks. (laughs) (laughs) Listen,
1: listen, there's nothing wrong with being a Mark.
2: That's not a bad
1: word. No, it's not a bad word, dude, but it's like, if people are trying to get into the business, I think we need to be a little more selective because at the end of the day, those are the people that are guarding the business that are supposed to be protecting the business. And, um, you know, if you have somebody out there that's 110 pounds and can't, you know, uh, can't work and is exposing the business that of course we all know it's a work fans know it's a work, but are out there, you know, you pay 20 bucks to see a show and you see some kid who doesn't look like doesn't look the part, And he certainly can't perform the part. You know, it's like, when does that become highway robbery? And it just looks like a glorified backyard promotion. Then you're doing the business a disservice because maybe, hey, maybe somebody paid uh, 15, 20 bucks for that ticket to go see indie wrestling for the first time. And they go see a shitty indie show and they think, uh, well, that's not WWE. That's not AEW. I'll never go to this again. And that's doing a disservice to indie wrestling because there's a lot of great promotions out there doing it right. So, you know what I mean? That's what I mean by, like, we have to protect this um, because, you know, because of a couple of knuckleheads not doing it right, it does have ramifications um, in the long term of things. And sometimes we're a bit short-sighted in not seeing it for what it is. You know what I mean? A hundred percent.
2: I think that also leads up to something. I mean, we, we've we been on the show. We, we talk wrestling every week. And one thing that we really feel like we've hit on is that it feels that, like, there's a lot of people in companies that it's almost like there's no way everyone can get any time on there. Sure. Uh, w- would you say that's also a part of that?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I certainly do. Um. You know, it just it, it goes back to just there's not there isn't enough time for everyone. You know, it's just, it's just the reality of it. Um, we're living in a day and age where um, it's, uh, TV is scarce, uh, spots are scarce, and there are so many good wrestlers out there. We really have to be careful about who we, you know what I mean? It's a very, it's a balancing act. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately, like I said, you know, if we're pumping out more wrestlers than there are spots, and we certainly are doing that. We have historically been doing that for years now. Um, we're doing a disservice, really. You know, I think that's why if we really tighten down some of the schools and some of the criteria for putting people out there, um, it it would do good for the business, you know, because, you know, let's say, okay, let's say every year 20 graduates from a wrestling school come out and there's a wrestling school, you know, in every little corner, you know, you have 50 wrestling schools and I know there's a lot more than that. Right. That's like how many hundreds of wrestlers a year coming out. And then you got the class before them and the class be not everybody sticks with it. But what I'm saying is you just keep putting more and more wrestlers out there without a demand for it. It's like supply and demand. And uh, we really need to uh, like what the hearts did, like really test these guys and gals to really take the cream of the crop and not just anoint people pro wrestlers, uh, make them really work for it, make people pay their dues. So you can see how serious people are. And, um, you know, are they going to bring something positive to the table for the business of professional wrestling? Because if we don't take care of wrestling and love it to some degree and cherish it, then it's going to be shit, you know? <laughs> and unfortunately it, that's what it's become, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm not going to talk shit. I'm not talking shit, but it's just, uh, for example, this is how it is. I got booked recently and this gentleman runs a YouTube show. Um, He's a former indie wrestler, but doesn't really work that much. Him and his friends have a indie thing that they do with no fans, but they put it up on YouTube. They have a ring, they have a steel cage. They have this whole little pit where they do it. It looks really cool, but uh, it's just them playing backyard wrestling and they bring in guys like myself. They had brought in like, you know, the blue meanie, um, you know, the FBI's little Guido And to kind of play around and look I got a payday out of it I did okay but is that what we really want wrestling to be right you know what I mean it takes away it takes away the uh, the 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 prestige when I first saw Ric Flair walk that aisle for example and see the robe and see the uh, you know all of it up front as a fan it's like wow And like nowadays you're seeing guys coming through the curtain. Maybe you have a lot to offer, but not, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that you've got to have that. You have to have the look, you have to have that whole package. And we, as professional wrestlers, owe it to the business and the guys that came before us to still try to do that for the, for the fans. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do, and sometimes uh, we don't succeed and we just got to do better at it.
2: Uh, yeah. so you did talk about you know watching Ric Flair come down the ring in the robes and all of it kind of want will go a little further back what was it that got you into wrestling in the first place like what, what got you hooked as a fan before becoming a wrestler
1: it was uh i went to a house show there this is uh right there i went to a house show in new haven connecticut in 1989 i was 15 years old and it was rick flair versus ricky steamboat um Steam, steamboat was the champion uh that's when he held it for that brief time and uh you know it was just a house show in front of maybe three four thousand people um and they just you know they went almost an hour um just beautiful hard-hitting pro wrestling and to see it up close the emotion the crowd the energy i mean it, i just fell in love with it you know uh, and it was so different Um, than anything the WWE put out. And I'd been to, you know, I'm Connecticut. I'm from WWE territory here Um, to see the way they did it. um, I just fell in love, you know, and it was like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And uh, yeah, from that moment on, I just, uh, I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know?
3: Awesome. Yeah, 89, that was in the middle (laughs) of the, that trio matches, you know, the big trio matches match. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. and And you can watch those over and over again. And, yes. and they, they hold up
1: today. They do hold up. Absolutely, they do.
3: Yep, 100%. Yep. You asked me if I had two hours worth of questions and I got way more than two hours worth of questions, but I'm, <laughs> oh but I mean, you know, Hey, I'm the Dean of old school. I was there for it. Hey, I, well, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that you're the first former world champion we've had on here. We've had, you know, we've had, All right, seasons, huh? but yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, we would be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't recognize that. I mean, that's no, that's no small thing, you know, especially, I was going to ask you a question about that. You know, it's the whole, um, you know, we see this convoluted way that the belt was, went Mike Awesome and Taz, and they were signed with a the, different, and then Tommy Drew. And then what we don't talk about is how you ended up with the belt. So, so could you, do? I mean, that's what people forget. I don't forget because I, I was there when it happened, and I was happy about it because, uh, you know, I was always a mark for the heels, man, and so, I was, I, I marked out so hard when you got the belt. I really did. Screw Tommy Dreamer, But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so just, just can you tell us about that and, and being world champion, what it meant, how it all went down? That's what I was. Really sure.
1: Um, you know, it, it went down. I mean, it all happened uh, very quickly, believe it or not. I mean, uh, Mike Awesome was the champion. Um, you know, some deals were made and I don't even know the whole, the whole thing about it, but uh Mike got the belt, I believe, from Tanaka. I could be wrong, but uh, when he got it from Tanaka, it was kind of to help keep him in ECW from going jumping to WCW. Now, when that didn't work, and Paul, uh, who was horrible at doing contracts and uh, were you know being you know responsible in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> let that contract roll over and expire, and Mike Awesome signed with WCW, and rightfully so. Um, while he was ECW champion then of course Paul Heyman scrambled uh, you know all kinds of shit was said and done and they uh, came to an agreement that Taz was going to come from WWE which he had debuted um, and uh, we had a WWE wrestler wrestling a WCW wrestler uh, you know, for the ECW title at a house show. So think about that. That's a, that's a whole mouthful of sentences right there. You know, we had a WWE wrestler challenging a WCW wrestler for the ECW title. Um, and that's what happened. Taz won because it figured at least it's with Vince, you know, the belt. Uh, and then Taz the following week defended it uh, in Philadelphia against Tommy Dreamer. And everybody, of course, expected tommy dreamer to win because taz had come in to do the favor you know uh and you know everybody knew regardless of how good the match they were going to have that taz was going to lose the title and i guess it was paul hayman's way of uh the little swerve there uh to have me uh, drop the tag titles uh you know and uh become the world champion and because uh, paul had had uh, an idea of me uh being world champion for a long time. It just happened a little quicker than we had anticipated, but uh, it was kind of like a shock and awe thing, like a a way to kind of shake things up um, because it was pretty obvious that Dreamer was going to win. So uh, just, uh, yeah, it just happened real quick, man. Uh, Nobody really knew what was happening that Saturday. I only found out, you know, a couple of minutes, really, maybe a segment or two beforehand. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, it was nuts.
3: Yeah, it was nuts to watch as a fan, and I and I marked. I, I appreciated the swerve because I was a little, you know. Anyway, yeah, I was because you're right as a fan watching it in real time. We I, you did, and of course I was. You know, I'm read the dirt sheets. I knew what was going on, and and so, but it did. But it that really it's one of those things I love about pro wrestling is it's uh, the smart marks like me. It's when we get swerved and then, and then it's back to, Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. So I, right. I appreciated it. Sure. I appreciated you as the champ. I thought you deserved it at the time. And, 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 and I really enjoyed your character there in ECW. It was, you know, cause it was like the second generation of ECW, you know, right, like, right. Yep. And, yep. And, yep. and, and it, and it, it kind of me being there, one of the guys that, I mean, I was watching it from the beginning and as a you know, I was, I was a total ECW guy and, and to, I was sort of, you know, when, when they start talking about going on TV and things, we worry, oh, is this going to water it down? And it was like, no, no, we're going keep to keep doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah, there I, through the whole, I, t- all the way to the end. So
1: I thought ECW, uh, in the two thousands and we don't get enough credit for it because people always say like, you know, uh, the early days of ECW were its strong suits, but people don't give enough credit, uh, to guys like uh, Steve Carino and uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, and myself, to Jerry, super crazy. I mean, we really had uh, a lot of great stuff happening. I think, you know, people just kind of look at it differently uh, through history because it's kind of like the cool thing to say. Once somebody says it uh, and they have that impression, they, it just happens to be, you know, it, it just piles on. But if you really look at the body of work, like Gabe Sapolsky, former booker of Ring of Honor, Mm-hmm. And I think he, did, he booked Evolve as well. He used to work for ECW, uh, doing the uh, programs, and uh, he went on record um, not too long ago, uh, maybe maybe longer than I I imagine, but he went on record at saying that uh, I was one of the best uh, world champions they ever had. Like he was there at every house show watching me defend the title, and uh, he said house shows or TV tapings, regardless, that I was having the best run as world champion because I worked. Insanely hard in those, especially non-televised matches that people never really got to see. And uh, I took it very seriously. And uh, it was a nice compliment coming from him, you know, because he obviously knows his wrestling. So uh, a lot of times I think that era got uh, overlooked a little bit for what we really did, you know, because we had a a great bunch of guys there uh, in in that 2000 uh, class.
2: A lot of people see ECW and think hardcore death matches and all these things. Crazy. Sure. The work great in general was just top notch. To
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, everybody loves 96 because of Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Cactus Jack, Brian Pillman, but those guys were all there for a cup of coffee. And that yes. was then that and Steve Austin, of course was there for a TV or two, which was great. And that was what made it cool. But, uh, you know, the real lifeblood of ECW was, uh, was much more than that, you know? And I think the real fans kind of know it for what it is. And, uh, you know, the guys like the, the dreamers and the Taz's and Shane Douglas, you know, of course, and guys like that, myself, Mikey Whipwreck, Sandman, Sabu, Van Dam. I mean, those are guys that don't get spoken about enough, you know? And, uh, but anyways, that's, it's what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's just opinions and, uh, you know, all in all though, we're still talking about it all these years later, which is a Testament, uh, on itself to uh, how fun it was and how cool it was at the time. You know,
4: you, uh, I feel like we can't mention ECW without mentioning Paul Heyman. And do you mention him already? What was it like to work with Paul?
1: Oh, it was great. It was great working with Paul. Um, he was very, very, very smart. Um, you know, super passionate. Uh, You know, I, I, I had uh, an an amazing experience working with him. Uh, You know, he really was um, was next level. Um, He was uh, he, he was onto something with ECW. Not only uh, was he a visionary with pro wrestling, but with television, like um, if you watch a lot of their commercials and a lot of the stuff that was going on, it was an amazing combination of uh 90s music it was like music of that era not necessarily popular music or even uh grunge music of the day it was like real like uh obsolete and kind of you know different new wave style rap and uh hardcore music hardcore metal so he was all over the map with that and that's what really was the personification of ecw it was like you know, it felt cool. It felt so fresh and different. Like, you know, the, the soundtrack of ECW was uh, as important as anything. And people don't sometimes give it enough credit, but uh, the music meant so much to ECW Um, just in their vignettes and the little, uh, you know, the way we did music videos and so forth. And of course we weren't paying for any of the rights to those songs, but nonetheless, man, it was just, it was so dope to hear that kind of, it just made it that much cooler. You know what I mean? Um, To hear, you know, Enter Sandman or uh, anything like that uh, instead of hearing like some generic song that somebody in WWE writes. uh, It was just uh, next level, you know? I mean, we were using some cool hip-hop. We were using Method Man, Marilyn Manson, uh, Rob Zombie. I mean, you name it. We had some really cool, cool musicians. Uh, Prong, that was my theme song, Snap Your Finger, Snap Your Neck which is synonymous with what ECW was. So we were way ahead of our time with that stuff. And unfortunately, nobody's done it since because um, music and wrestling uh, go hand in hand all the way till the Hulk Hogan 83 rock and wrestling connection. It's always had a real special heart in pro wrestling. And they really go hand in hand. Just look at the Freebirds and stuff with what they did, you know, with the Von Ericks. It was all about the music and the wrestling. And uh, I wish somebody would do that today, man, because it's just waiting to to pop off because when you have music and pro wrestling, it just kind of gives wrestling a cool factor. Like when you see in hip hop, they're doing that, that song, Ric Flair drip makes wrestling cool. And uh, there is a way to make wrestling cool again, when you just don't, you know what I mean? To kind right. of bring it into the mainstream. And uh, I'm just, I'm surprised WWE still hasn't put a handle on uh, what it can be because it could be pretty special and they have the money to do it, you know?
2: Yeah.
3: Definitely. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Look, I, I just tell the guys, man, dude, play Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. That's my, that was, mm. I do it all the time. And then nice. I see Sha- that's Shane Douglas, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. <Shane> Douglas. yeah. <laughs> uh, so
2: I do have one more question here too. Well, I have thousands of questions at this Shoot. point. Shoot. Uh, so actually uh, this was pointed out earlier and now I'm questioning because of already having one thing wrong on here, but uh, it is March 1st, which is actually uh, the 28 years since you first showed up for your uh, match with Lex Luger on DW, uh, DWF. Yep. Um, which I think is just fantastic. We didn't even plan that out. The fact that it lined up that way. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. What was it like uh, getting into WWF? I mean, you already hinted on, but like working with Lex Luger being in that locker room.
1: Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, uh, just to be in there, uh, such a, if you remember, you remember, I said to you guys, uh, I saw that first house show of flair steamboat in 89 and we're talking, uh, you know, 90, what was it? 93, uh, a short period of time later, I'm in the ring with, uh, Lex Luger, who I had seen on that particular card as well. thinking think in the card I went to see him on, he was defending the U S title against the great Muda. Um, so to be wrestling him four years later, um, just, just a year out of high school was pretty dope, man. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was surreal. And like I said, man, the guys there were, were so big, like they looked like superstars, man, like real superheroes there, you know, Luger was like six five, two fifty, 250, just ripped. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, that's one thing I miss that, uh, this business isn't doing anymore is, uh, really having guys that are in shape. I'm not saying steroid monsters or anything like that, but, uh, what hap- what, what made wrestling so special to me was larger than life, uh, super, superhero types, not real superheroes, but guys like a like luchasaurus, like just big cats. And, uh, even, even guys like, uh, you know, Sean Michaels, he was six five or six five, he was six one two twenty, but he was still, when you saw him in person, he was still like, uh, you know, that's like an NFL quarterback or wide receiver. That's a big dude. Now you get, uh, you watch AEW, you see guys that are six foot, 160 pounds, soaking wet. And uh which which isn't bad, don't get me wrong, but when that's the the norm, not the 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 you know what I mean, kind of like uh a one-off. Like back in the day, it was different when the one, two, three kid slash X Pac was the smallest guy in the room. You know, that's that was cool because he was so different. Now I feel everybody is so much smaller that it takes away from that uh that appeal that these guys are mega athletes, they're superstars mm-hmm. in their own right, and, like, not just, it feels like anybody could put on a pair of tights and be a pro wrestler, where back then it's, like, you had to be a super athlete, like a, mm-hmm. like an NFL player, a basketball player, you know what I mean? Like, you have to really be, uh, you know, in shape, like an uh, elite athlete, not just some, some dude in tights, and I think that loses, like, the oomph, you know, not every mm-hmm. dude, not everybody could be a star. I don't have the the those handsome looks. I'm not Chris Hemsworth or, uh, you know, some handsome dude. You know, I'm not Randy Orton. You know, and, the, and not everybody's good looking, dude. You know, and in this, like in wrestling, not everybody has that good body and that's blessed with height mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it that we're kind of you know, we're, we're just lost in a way where we're letting, again, once I say it to like too many guys in that are, uh, that don't necessarily fit the mold of uh, mold of amazing uh, athletes. Yeah. I'm babbling. Sorry, dude. No, that's right.
0: <laughs>
3: I call, I called it a mole. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that era too, speaking of larger than life and they just had the documentary. I mean, of Yoko, Yokozuna and yeah. just, that guy, holy moly. I mean, I, I just yeah. I rem- just to be that big and that agile, I remember seeing him in person. And I just, like, how can he even be real? He's so yeah, big, exact- but thinking. exactly.
1: And the, the scary thing about Yoko, and I worked with him a couple times, he could move, dude. He could move. And he was like, he could do spots and shit like that. But again, that's what made him so special. Not only was he big, he could do all that cool shit, too. You know what I mean? I mean, he wasn't a flyer, obviously, but still he could have a good match with like The Undertaker. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And it did. It looked so amazing. Like, holy shit, look at this. Like Andre, he was yeah. a spectacle. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and these guys are supposed to be spectacles in some light, you know, in some way. It's supposed to be the, as Vince says it, the showcase of the immortals. Um, and not everybody's an immortal, dude. And I think you know we we sometimes forget uh, that the draw in pro wrestling a lot of the times had to do with look and size and marketability and uh, and, I, and and there's got to be I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a good if there's a balance it's cool like there's room enough for smaller guys medium guys big guys like you know just don't give me all of one thing I want to see a little bit of everything in my in my wrestling show
3: yeah for sure.
0: Definitely. All right. So let's so let's stay in WWF for a sec. Sure. Um let's go ahead and dig into the Aldo Montoya character just a little bit. Um how did how did that character kind of come to be what we know it today as um kind of you know a guy in yellow tights when you know a jock strap on his face?
1: Um it was it was just, you know, I was uh, supposed to be a soccer player. And uh, when that didn't work out, they presented this uh, Power Ranger style, uh, you know, drawing. They drew it out for me. And, uh, you know, I had Road Warrior style shoulder pads and this mask. And, um, you know, it looked really cool, although a little cartoonish. Um, it reminded me when I first saw it of like a lucha, luchador, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a lucha libre wrestler. So uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I was going with. Um, unfortunately, as, uh, my debut date came, we only had two seamstresses, uh, Julie and Terry, who are still there at this time, actually in the WWE, um, they've been there forever. They were the only two doing that. And, um, you know, the gear that they handed me only a couple of hours before television, um, really didn't do the drawing much justice. The mask was totally not, uh not to anyone's liking, but nonetheless, you know, I was on Live Raw that night, Uh, they couldn't scrap it. Um, My mask originally was supposed to look a little bit like canes, although it being yellow, it was supposed to be more of a plate than uh, the, you know, but then at the end of the day, they couldn't perfect it. So it ended up being made of cloth. Um, And it just, uh, it didn't do me any favors. Uh, So, but again, I did the best I could with it. You know, uh, Vince was happy with it for what it was. And uh, you know, I did it for uh, almost three years. So you know, it was a good way to learn um, to learn the game. Um, being alive on television, I did two Royal Rumbles, a couple of In Your Houses, um, and I got to be on Raw quite a bit. Did a program with Jerry Lawler, Jake Roberts. I mean, did a lot of cool stuff. And uh, you know, being twenty three, I actually debuted in ECW at twenty three. So to do all that before I'm twenty three to do three years in the WWF was pretty amazing. So, uh, you know, and get that under your belt. So I was just really lucky to have that experience and travel the world. You know, I worked, worked in Japan, worked in, you know, South Africa, all throughout Europe, um, you you know, you name it, Um, South America, Mexico, Canada. So, uh, you know, I was very lucky to get that experience because when I finally did get my big break in ECW, I had all the experience that I needed working on pay-per-views and live television whereas maybe some of the guys in ECW did not have that, uh, that experience, right. you know?
3: Yeah. And you could tell that I was going to sure. say that was, that was one of the things that being a fan at the time you showed up, you showed up ready, ready for this. Yeah. I think that. And I think, sure. and I think Heyman
1: knew that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of what he saw. He's like, you know, I can make this guy a star, um, even though he was Aldo Montoya, he's got the the chops for it. I just got to get him a character that yeah. works and then, you know, he'll, he'll handle it from there. And that's exactly what had happened. You know, uh, uh, I was television ready and I just needed mm-hmm. that little uh, that little help of him uh, giving me a platform. You know what
3: I'm saying? I do. Hey, I got one question about that. Um, Jerry Lawler thing. Was was that actually real liquor that he poured? In, that was that poured yeah, <laughs> it was that was that was it was nasty. It
1: was nasty. Yeah, it was nasty. Yeah.
3: All right. Sorry to bring up that memory. I would just oh, I, that's ha- I, I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> that's all good.
2: <laughs> Talk about being TV ready, and I really think that that's very relevant nowadays yeah. as well. Um, I think the biggest showcase of it right now, you see John Moxley coming out on AEW, mm. who's obviously spent so many years in WWE, he was at the top of the card all over the place. And you see a lot of other AEW wrestlers who've never really had to work in front of a camera. I think it's very I don't want to say obvious. But this is a fan; you can kind of tell the difference of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you certainly can. Uh, And they do have those guys that are just—they have all the ability in the world, um, but are still not uh, not quite up to snuff with that stuff. And uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. And and for Tony Khan as well. I mean, I've I've watched every single episode of Dynamite. I review it. I've reviewed it for Vin, Vince Russo, and I've reviewed it since the very first episode. So I've got to see the show. Um, you know, in some ways grow in some ways, uh, kind of go backwards. Um, and I think a lot of it is just, everyone's still learning. Um, uh, one thing we were taught in WWE is that when you're on national television and you're given that television time, how important it really is, you know, guys like Steve Austin, you, um, How important TV was. And once he finally got to break free and do Stone Cold, how important those couple of minutes on television really were to get over Taker the same way, uh, etc. And um, and also uh, you could see the guys that are in AW now that are almost going out there, uh, you know, kind of too smiley, too. I, don't, I think they're taking for granted that they are given 10 or 15 minutes on on dynamite. I mean, in raw, you're lucky to get three or four minutes, right? And on dynamite, you're getting these long segments uh, where you can really go out there and showcase. And these uh, guys and gals really don't realize how precious that is. And I don't think that they're really cutthroat enough, quite frankly, to go out there and maximize, as JR says, maximize your minutes when you, you're on TNT your prime time. Um, you're given that amount of time man. you've got to go out there and make people remember you. Um, however you do that, however you choose to do that, I'm not saying hurt yourself or do anything crazy, but you're given a platform. And I don't think these kids really understand how valuable that time is. And they're not going for it the way I feel like uh, some of them, not all, but some should. I
2: would definitely agree with that. Just watching ADW, you can tell the guys who get it and the guys who feel guys like,
1: that don't yeah they're not there yet
2: in like a year you know we could be having a completely right. different conversation about sure it. yep uh, i do kind of want to backtrack though i apologize i guess no backtrack. it's all right it's all right but uh i feel like you've been in such an incredible situation where you've gotten to work with all these incredible minds now What's it like working with Vince? I don't know if we've got to ask anyone that question yet.
1: (laughs) Um, Working with Vince was, was really cool. Um, He's very much, um, he's very much a perfectionist. uh, And he expects really like he expects the highest of the high from you, but he would never ask you to do anything you wouldn't do or he wouldn't do. I should say, Um, you know, he just, um, but one thing I should say about Vince is that, Um, As cool as he is to work with and as open and honest at times he can be, he doesn't, um, at times I feel like he doesn't understand what the business is today. I think he takes for granted what WWE is and what it used to be. I think he needs to, in some ways, change the way he micromanages everything. Because if you are over and you were over, Um, you know, with something that Vince did not create, he doesn't want to, you know what I mean? It's like to, to him, I'm always Aldo, just incredible was ECW and Paul Heyman's creation. Um, you know, and that's kind of who he is. And I think if Vince were to kind of, and this will never happen, humble himself and open up a little bit to different possibilities and kind of going at it in a different direction, I think it would do his creative process some well, because he's just done things in such a way for so long. And I mean, you can't knock success, but he kind of has been in a bit of a rut lately. So, you know, I'm not one to say that, but uh, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling it because WWE, although their pay-per-views seem to always do well, storyline wise, it seems like the Monday night show has really been struggling for many, many months,
4: Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about it We talk about it
3: twice a week. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on this show. I was about to say, as a group, I feel Sean. like we
4: mentioned that at least once a week, whether it be yeah. in our text conversations or in, on the show. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Now, yeah, I have a absolutely. question
3: about that. Now, here's a, here's a sort of to bring it around. Is is that kind of what happened with the whole invasion? Because yes. I, I, I saw that as such a lost opportunity as a huge wrestling fan. I yeah. thought, wow, that mm-hmm. could have been so much more than it was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that was a total, like, you know, it was amazing that uh, at one night, even this is after the invasion, uh, at one night stand, Vince was at the gorilla position and he was asking, you know, right before I got to go out there and, uh, you know, interfere in the Jericho storm match. Uh, he was asking questions about who are the impact players, who is this, who is that, and he was totally lost for words of what was really going on. So it just shows even even back then how out of touch Vince really was with the the, the product and what happens in pro wrestling. And even on a deeper note, uh, his unwillingness to change and adapt, which is for regardless of who you are, if you're anybody, if you don't adapt. Mm-hmm. to different ways of doing business in life regardless yeah. of what business you're in you're mm-hmm. going to you're going to run into some uh, to some problems you know that's for
3: sure and then and then that dude, that, that EC that's one night stand. that was i mean that's probably one of the 10 best one of the 10 best pay-per-views of all time uh, I, I, agree. I, I, I agree mean, i don't think you could say that I'm, i mean yeah. i'm not just no
1: no it's true i mean uh, money wise and uh response and everything oh. uh, absolutely you'd have to agree you know i'd have to agree 100% yeah.
2: What was it like coming
1: out for that show? I mean, just Oh, it was awesome. It was it was dope, dude. It was it was super cool. Um it was just, you know, the crowd was insane. Um and just to see the fans that way one more time. You know, even though it wasn't the last, but it really kind of was the last time uh for a real ECW show even though we got to do it uh in different forms. It wasn't the same. That was like a the legit goodbye to
3: ECW, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that the, and and it's so sad if you watch that on the network because Man the doesn't, the, the right. yeah. doesn't. The music not it, like, oh. it. It kills it. It kills
1: it. It really, it really does kill it. You know, it
3: really kills it. But listen,
1: I hate to do this, but uh, I have to get going. Because I have a, an appointment in a little bit with uh, something that has to do with home, so I got to get rolling, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> All
2: good, man. Hey, we thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was
1: my pleasure, guys. And hopefully, down the line, we could do this again. What's the name of this podcast? Order podcast world order. Podcast. Podcast world order? Yes, well, sir. I'll do this real quick. Podcast world order. That's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. Podcast world order. Now that, my friends, is Justin incredible had to do it
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right guys thanks. Thanks. No, you thank you
3: oh
4: that
2: was cool okay, that was
3: good all right yeah i'm gonna mark out oh. like crazy um, All right,
0: yeah jeff's really upset he missed this this one for sure yeah,
3: yeah. okay man i we, we got a bumper
2: now oh, that's okay <laughs> I, I got something we can work towards but this is actually kind of good because i gotta tell y'all i still have a stock load of questions ready for round two of the interviews with him <laughs> so i'm pretty excited for that
3: i did too man i didn't even get to some of this stuff but i, I you know and but as if i may no of like, course. I, I was a legit fan of his I, and because mm-hmm. i've always liked i always like the heels and, and I'm going to just tell you, like, as a character, and we I know we bash on Tommy Dreamer now, I didn't like Tommy Dreamer then. I hated the milk toast baby face, and I loved that Raven beat him up, and I loved that Sandman beat him up and all that. And then of uh, when they put the world title on Tommy Dreamer, I was like, oh, this is the worst. And then <laughs> Just Incredible came out and took it from him. It was the best. It was, like, one of those oh. moments I will never forget because I was so, like, I was so ready to be, Like it was, you know how it would be for us, like it would be kind of a situation where, you know, Roman Reigns wins the world title and then, you know, the Miz comes in and steals from, I don't know, but I just, it's like one of those things where at that moment I was just like, oh, this is horrible. I knew it was going to happen and then it happens like, oh, this sucks. And then boom, they redeem themselves. And I'll never forget that moment watching it live on TV. So uh, it was great to get him to talk about how he felt. That, <laughs> I guess he said, found out when he got there that that's what they were doing. <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. I, yeah. I loved it. And then basically, I mean, he was, you know, the, the impact players and those guys from like, I guess, like ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight. 97, 98 up until the end of ecw then the end of the tnn so thing man. he was i mean they were the top heel group he was the top mm-hmm. guy you know even when into like um and when they like with steve carino and the extreme Horsemen, he had a little bit to do with them um you know those guys i really wanted to ask you know, about mikey whipwreck because he was because he was talking about all the bigger than i was like so someone who wasn't bigger than life that used to beat up uh tell us about mikey Whipwreck. because <laughs> because <laughs> they had a pretty long-standing feud too but Anyway, that was awesome. Ryan, you are, you, well, I'm sorry. Cod, Cod, the yeah, referee, okay. you, you it are the man, you are the man. Yeah. 100%, yeah so. Um,
0: yeah, no, he's, um, no, he's a very legit dude. Um, just covering the matches that I've covered on referees, question and quick count and yep. being able to watch some of the older ECW stuff. Yep. Um, the guy is an excellent worker. Um, you know, and 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 the fact that he is still um and this is pre-COVID now, um, he was still wrestling once once a week.
3: Right. Um
0: and you know, call it what what you will, I listen, when I'm when I'm forty seven, four forty eight, uh you'll be lucky if I can work once a week. You know, and you know, we have, you know, Justin blading, you know, in front of a hundred fans. And it's like, dang man. You know, just um you you could really tell that he cares about professional wrestling. Oh yeah. And I and I think um and I think that's 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 the thing that impressed me the most. Um so fun fact, he's the second person we've had on the show that's worth with Vin that's where with Vince McMahon.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah, be, because Brian Malonis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, yeah. that's right. Uh, was some sort of Druid, I know if I, I remember
4: know, correctly. I
3: no, yeah. he, that was a that was a real uh, a real moment. That's somewhere on Twitter or YouTube or somewhere.
2: <laughs> that was good though. Uh, man, I'm excited for that one. We do have a couple more things we can talk about here. I got some things pulled up. Some quick notes for Raw that that's going on live as we speak. Uh, yeah. Uh Lashley and Miz, their title match is gonna take place at nine PM.
4: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah,
3: but that ends in disqualification. I
2: was about to say that makes me worried.
3: Yeah. Bad. Um
2: But man. We got some New Japan stuff to talk about. <laughs> I'm gonna I leave got... the New Japan Cup for a special series outside of this. Uh, thank of god that now,
3: now i don't know i, I would say if we can back i was gonna say yeah. cyber slam cyber slam too that was cyber slam was the event where he won the world yes, title. yes. yeah so yeah so, i don't is that on the wwe network do you know if that's on there i, yeah. I don't know Dude, it might be gonna be on the wwe network i know i'm just uh it working.
0: might it, it might already be on peacock who knows
3: yeah, it's, but I'm just saying that's if you want to go watch that show, that's worth it, dude. It's worth it. It was a, It's called Cyber Slam 2000. But that's where Tommy Dreamer, you know, the whole Taz, Mike Awesome getting the world title, that whole thing. That was the culmination of that, and it was it was a super moment. So I, I, so I, I would I would be I remiss, remiss if I didn't tell who you guys what. What's that?
2: You want to know what I will always remember? That just incredible took the title off, off of dreamer right after he won it,
3: it was because
2: in the wwe smackdown versus raw featuring ecw oh. uh, which i want to tell you like the video game was that 2008 places- it was or if it was 07 i kind of want to say oh seven, mm. but it may have been oh six. Mm. um for tommy dreamer's load up screen yeah it's a uh, Tommy Jr. won his first ECW title at Cyberslam and then immediately dropped it. <laughs> it's just incredible, and now, that he, drilled in my head. I see Tommy Dreamer, I go, he lost the belt immediately, immediately,
3: immediately. and not even just that. The worst part, and I wish I had I, I had brought it up, but he he lost his girlfriend too because yeah. Francine yeah. he'll turn on, on him. So yeah. He lost the belt and his girlfriend. Here,
2: not it? having good luck with with women turning on him in ECW
4: uh no. if um we're thinking of the same one matt uh 08 it was 08 yeah Hey, uh, take her lashley seen on the cover yep sounds right yeah 2008
0: that would be yeah. one point for mr cod sinclair Good job. <laughs> so um dwight to your to your point it is one of the few that is not on the network
3: oh dang Man, and that's one I also don't have on VHS, so I can't even dig through a box and find it for you guys. I'm Sorry. sure
2: there's somewhere we could find it.
3: Oh, I'm sure. It's it's like worth it. it. What are we
2: looking for again, Cyber? That, that might be Slack. a live
0: stream opportunity.
2: It might be. So, guys, I, I want to swerve here real quick, okay?
3: All that's right, swerve. We
2: have a lot of... Mm, Castle Attack. For. Um, we will go to Castle Attack. Let me really quickly talk about... Vice TV announced that they're going to do Dark side of The Ring Confidential, which is a talk series, it's going to start next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Love it. Yeah, uh, ahead of season three of Dark Side of the Ring, there's going to be a 30 minute episode of Confidential, which will feature the series creators Evan Husney and uh, Jake Eisen- Eisner sitting down with, of course, Conrad Thompson for roundtable discussions on various topics from the first two seasons. And we're going to have a number of guests, uh, such as Mike Kyoto savio vega blue media and tommy dreamer i suppose we're gonna have more um never before seen moments some of the unanswered questions and some of the secrets that were uncovered while doing the research for the show um it still doesn't really talk about when season three will premiere but we do have all of the topics confirmed and uh they have noted that they are putting the final touches on on season three
3: well and and i don't know but there's in, for in the second season, they had a like post show, like Walking Dead used to have a post show. You know, they had that, mm-hmm. um, and you can and you can pull it up on Vice still. They have old episodes of it. That was pretty cool because they they usually have the guests of whatever. You know, they have some people that that talked about whatever episode had just aired. So those are kind of cool. I, New Jack is the one I just watched a couple weeks ago that, and you know, where New Jack is talking about. The episode, so we all saw that. Well, I mean, talking about doing new jack things, (laughs) yeah, he did. And then, I mean, they've had guys like Kane and they had um Tommy Dreamer, they had uh, you know, a couple other guys on there, um, to talk about the different episodes. So, but but this sounds like a like a, a whole like a different kind of thing, almost like remember, they used to have that show on the WWE network where they'd have the guys legends like four, of wrestling yeah legends of wrestling that was a great show
2: that was one of my favorite Loved things it. on the network in fact i would tell you right now i have probably watched every episode
3: me too
2: Upwear to five to six times on repeat um yeah. it's super just cool there you go there's another plug for peacock slash the network legends of wrestling yeah. hosted by uh jim ross for a time period and then it switched over to mean gene Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: um and They they were just pulling all these different wrestlers just to talk like, yeah. uh, greatest rivalries in wrestling, um, uh, what really? made it real, what didn't make it real. Um,
3: oh, yeah, like Dusty Rhodes <laughs> and uh, Michael P.S. Hayes was on a lot of them, and DDP, um, Roddy Piper. Yep, yeah. a lot of them it was good.
2: I remember Teddy Long and um, oh, yeah. Tony Atlas. Oh yeah, they talk about the rise of African Americans in wrestling. Um, a lot of just really incredible stuff. They talked about how uh, it worked through territories like uh, Watts Territory. Um, God, I want to tell you the Missouri Territory. A lot of really cool stuff. I cannot plug that show enough. It makes you, uh, if you're a wrestling historian like I am, it makes you really happy.
4: Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, for
2: sure. And I apologize for that tangent. Let's go ahead. We're going to talk Castle Attack Night 2. Castle Attack Night 1. I don't really think anything crazy, crazy happened, if I remember correctly.
0: Uh, correct. Go watch J.Y. versus Ishii. It's absolutely great. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's the best match on uh, Night 1.
2: So Night 2, Tenkazi, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, and uh, Kojima defeated Jeff Cobb and Will Osprey. Um, Which, man... Empire cannot get a win,
0: huh? Nope. Doomed, doomed from the start. Let's, uh, let's I listen. I've I've been holding out hope that you know, Great Khan would you know, kind of make that jump to be like ultimate enforcer, and just hasn't happened. Um, we bring in Jeff Jeff Cobb instead, and he's. Probably had the best matches out of that entire stable. Sense, yeah, but he's not winning yeah. either. No, and that's and that's and that's the problem. No, nope. um, no one's really winning. No one is winning at all.
2: So uh, I still don't understand that. That's just me. Um, up next, chaos Kazuchika Okada, Ishii, and Toriano. Defeated Chase Owens, Evil, and Switchblade Jay White when Okada made Owens tap out with the money clip.
0: That oh my good. gosh, we we forgot about night one. Uh, Yano Yano retained. I didn't forget. I I just felt like. Oh, it was great. Come on.
2: Well, but it was. It, was great.
0: it but, was great.
2: I mean, come on! It's all about removing pads. You knew that was going to be Yano. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh
2: yeah,
0: I mean yeah, it's his gimmick, but it. Yeah, I mean, just, just, just Yano becoming the constant in my professional wrestling life.
2: Um, next up, we had G.O.D. retain over Goto and Yoshihashi. As uh, Tama Tonga hit the gun stun on Goto, they retained their belts. Um, yeah, it was a good match. This was not bad at all, by any means. Um, this was the one match I got correct. All of my other predictions were wrong for this. Thank <laughs> God we didn't have a formal prediction show for it, because it would, it would have been bad. Yeah. It would have been real, real bad <laughs> for me. Listen, I'm usually
4: the one who's making the bad predictions here, so I'm glad it's not me for once.
2: Um, Man, they had me True. all over the place with this one. Roshi yeah. um, Tanahashi retained the never-openweight title over Great Okan with a crucifix pin. Yep. Don't know what we're doing with the Empire. Um, El Desperado defeated Bushi and El Fantasma by Pinfall to win the vacant IWGP junior heavyweight title. El Desperado, now a double champ. Junior tag mm-hmm. and junior heavyweight.
0: Yeah, I really thought because they had just recently won the tag titles, they were gonna give it to uh, El Phantasma, but
2: I thought the screen phantasma for him versus... Uh, so typically, we're coming up on the anniversary show where you see the
0: junior heavyweight challenge, the heavyweight champion. hmm
2: uh-huh. um, Which is happening.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Bushy kind of got thrown into this at the last minute, so...
3: He's good for that, though. He's a good uh, hand.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he was fine in the match.
2: Mm-hmm. So you know what this screams to me is that Hiromu was going to retain here, which I didn't think was going to happen, but Hiromu, I think, was going to retain before he got injured. Because, um, I don't know, this feels really hot shot. and don't get me wrong, El Desperado's had a really good year. Uh, he's looked great in 2021 mm-hmm.
0: so far. Yes. Um,
2: but, I don't know, man, this seems a little like a quick move for what's coming up for him now um and main event time Kota Abushi retained the IWGP in this <sighs> title versus Tetsuya Naito
0: and I do
2: it. is going to challenge Kota Abushi for the IWGP heavyweight title at the anniversary
0: show. Well, correction, um, be challenging for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship.
3: Right.
0: It's the same thing to me. Um no. so The decision was made after this that they were going to um, unify, merge the the belt, intercontinental championship and the IWGP um, heavyweight championship to be. And this is and this is um, and this marks Kota Ibushi being the first IWGP World heavyweight champion, which is strange because. Um, they're going to continue to carry like the lineage of you know who's held the both titles prior, mm-hmm. but now we're going to get a new title design. Um, both title, both those other two title titles are gone. Um, anybody from New Japan who's watching this, don't mess this up. You're yeah. taking one of the you're you are taking the most beautiful World Heavyweight Championship in the world. You're scrapping it for a new design. Don't mess it up.
3: Don't mess it up.
0: So here is my thing.
2: That's said to take place starting in April, yeah?
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just had it up on the screen and then you asked. <laughs> um, that's at the 49th anniversary show. What was the
0: question? I'm sorry.
3: Wins the 49th anniversary show. Fourth. Yeah. There you go.
0: So that would be um three days. For us. Hmm. For us it would yes. be. I hate this. Because I normally just log in and it tells me. It's okay. So I'm not good with time zones. This
2: will be the final dual championship yeah, championship match. That's going to be Bushi versus Desperado. Mm-hmm.
3: It, it, yes. But you, you, you got to figure they just, they just inserted him where Takahashi would have been.
2: Yes. What I was going to get at is at the end of night one, Okada said, you know, it's about time that I won back my heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do it the right way and win the New Japan Cup. But it's time that I win the world title, not the double title, the world title. Okay. And this is before they announced the merger. The merge of the two. I really thought they were gonna have Okada versus Ibushi here with the 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 singles title on the line. This is the last chance to save the belt. hmm Is there any way we're still being worked? No. it's just it.
0: No.
3: No, we have the US title. I think that's that's going to be, and the never open way title. So, I mean, we got plenty of titles.
2: Oh, man. So, I feel like the US title still get mainly be defended on New Japan Strong. Right. So,
4: yeah. It's still I'm trying to find a time that uh, the 49th anniversary show is going to start, and I'm struggling. 3 a.m. It would probably be
3: 3, 3 a.m.
0: Yeah. yeah,
4: it's gonna be 3 a.m. on the fifth, more than likely,
0: unless the, yeah. this is in our time zone, which I doubt. It's well, it says Thursday. it says
3: Yeah, it would be the is, morning of the fourth. Yeah. Thursday. Thursday. You, thir, it was a Thursday at 3 a.m. So Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia has already screwed us over a couple times tonight,
0: so
4: you know, I, I, <laughs> we're taking it with a grain of salt here, folks.
0: Yeah.
4: Jesus.
3: Well this is from New Japan World, so <laughs> they right. say there you go. Go. <laughs> it is.
2: We're good. So New Japan World's gonna take care of us on this one. If not, we're
0: blaming them. Yeah. Um it wasn't our fault. <laughs>
3: that's right.
0: Snitsky. Um I thought both both nights were serviceable. I thought night two was better than night one. Yeah. Um the, I mean, what's coming next, you're absolutely right. We're kind of hot shotting Desperado, but you know, I'm, I'm very excited for what's coming next. Very excited. How are you? Yeah, you okay. talking about that
2: tournament that's coming up because it's about to be tournament season again. Well, you
3: know first, Japan. well, the first round is on this show. Two matches yeah. from the first round are on this show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe, just maybe, there might be some analysis coming up for this tournament. Okay, in a couple of
0: days i'm gonna uh, i'm i'm gonna shoot out a prediction right now that one member from the empire will get a win in the first <laughs> round <laughs> in the first round, yeah uh, I have a feeling jeff Cobb's gonna gonna go over Kojima hear me out kojima I hate i hate you, you. <laughs> i hate you give us give us hope give us hope.
2: I- and Tenzan versus Osprey in the first round here, and uh, yeah. Great Ocon versus Naito. It's not looking good for the Empire.
0: <laughs> yeah, once, one one once again we're getting dicked. but that's okay. Um, very interesting note uh, here though, because I don't want to go too much in into it because we're gonna do it on our on our own show. But we got Juice Robinson and Kenta in here on this. I'm thinking that might be. New Japan, strong. Um, but then you have David Finley and Chase Owens, so that might be a strong also.
2: No, nah, so, I think they're going to be back in Japan for this.
0: See, and that's... so.
2: From my understanding, they, they have Impact taped up through the next pay-per-view already. <sighs> oh, boy. Which is terrifying to me because of what we have heard. Moving on um depression (laughs) but i mean yeah uh shout or uh, hopes and prayers to heath i would say slater but he doesn't have a last name he's i think believe i believe actually signed to impact wrestling um he uh underwent surgery today hopefully it's a nice recovery for him uh dude has always done the best he can to be entertaining uh, shout out to Big Cass, who just returned at a pro wrestling show, literally, I want to tell you, two days ago.
4: Yeah, um, saving Enzo.
2: Looking in the, Well, no, Enzo's been around. He's been doing shows.
4: Yeah, Enzo's been Cass. doing shows, but he came out and saved Enzo.
2: Yeah, oh, I thought you were saying, so same as Enzo. Oh,
4: yeah. no, no. Saved oh. Enzo. Yeah, yeah,
2: And he looks in fantastic shape. Hopefully, this is a good sign of things for him. I know things were not good when he had uh, stepped away, so hopefully things are on the mend.
3: And, who, and uh, who was who was it running that show? Oh, it was, it was an indie, but it was run ran by somebody. That okay? Come on, come on, help me. I don't. Now I gotta find out. I mean, they out. did,
0: I mean, they did it have it, it on no. Impact. I mean,
3: they did have it on Impact Plus, but uh, yeah. It was, oh, was it run by Lariota, Lariota Pro? Yeah, Lariota Pro. Yeah but, yeah, but who? Somebody runs Lariota Pro. That's is, is it? Tommy Dreamer? That's not House of Hardcore. That- I believe it might be Luke Gallows, correct? Me uh, if Luke Gallows. That's yes. it. Yes, because he kept mm-hmm. uh, adding the big LG. Yes, there you go. It's Luke yeah. Gallows. See, I um, knew but, I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, yeah for the Good Brothers Dojo.
0: Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: piggybacking on the news, um, hoping Mr. Jim Crockett Jr. takes a turn for the better. Um according to Dave Meltzer, he is in grave condition. Um six.
3: Yeah, oh, wow. I I mean I, I figured he was older than that.
0: Um in the hospital and not doing well. Wow. Maybe further updates, which would be a blow to wrestling.
2: Hopefully he turns the corner on this.
0: Yeah.
2: Next up, I want to talk about NWA. Um yeah. How much everyone's been keeping track of that and everything. A lot. NWA just pulled all of their content off of YouTube uh, recently, within the past week.
0: Strange.
2: Um, It is very strange, especially considering a lot of people immediately were concerned that they were not going to be – they're done. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were concerned that there's not going to be any shows. But the good news has come out that they do have tapings in March – coming up here for shows. Um it just makes you wonder and worry. Um uh, the NWA is I mean it's wrestling history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starters, you don't want to see anything bad happen to the NWA. No. Um, but man, we've been talking so much about how their roster has been scalped and and taken apart by every other company right now. So
3: yeah. And, and COVID did not do them any favors. I mean, that was the, that cause they were really starting to hit on some things and get some buzz going and things were going good. And it got derailed quickly. And then they try they did some things to hang on. And I know they've got stuff going on with, you know, with AEW and uh, you know, they, even some rumored uh, stuff about working with WWE um, going on with them. It does seem like that, you know, hopefully they took the stuff off YouTube in preparation for whatever deal they've got coming up. At least that's what the hope is. And if they're doing tapings, obviously they've got, they've got something going on. So that's, that's good to see.
2: I just hope so. I mean, they, they're necessary for wrestling in my opinion.
3: Well, uh, well, and, and they were, it was such, it was working. What they had was, was uh, it was different. The, the the little studio wrestling, the return to studio wrestling, they had some guys we hadn't seen in a while, some new, you know, that's where we got to see Ricky Starks, you know, coming in. That's where we got to see Zicky Dice. That's where we got to see um, Eli Drake Nick and Aldis. Tim Storm and Nick Aldis. And, and the, I mean, we they had Nick Aldis and, 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 um, you know, it's so, so it was, yeah, we, you know, and obviously, you know, Ben's Camille, who's the only one that likes Ben of all <laughs> our guests you know, but but yeah, I was we're hope, hoping there's some good news around NWA, man, because I was I was digging what they were doing, and hopefully they could pick it back up and go somewhere with it.
2: What's up, God?
0: <laughs> no, I'm just I, I, I'm just still boggled that out of every every person that we've brought onto this no. show, that yeah. Camille, the only female that we've brought onto this show, is the only one that likes Ben.
3: But well, she refused to bury him. She literally refused to bury him. Listen. Then no Justin
0: Kerrbull didn't either.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. but he, he also
4: had
0: to go.
3: He's coming back. <laughs> he's, he's coming back. Yeah.
0: He's
4: yeah, he still had an hour left. All I'm saying is when you're the nice guy don't and don't, you don't mark uh, over everything. I was, I wasn't no. that's <laughs>
3: this Yeah, that's uh, not hey, the thoughts,
2: thoughts are with Selena De La Renta. Uh she just revealed that she tested positive for COVID. Hopefully this is a you know an easy um, you know course for her i know she's not feeling too great but hopefully you're feeling well you know we side with you instead of Alicia or Elise mm alicia
0: mm-hmm, that's right
3: Definitely
2: is. that's the only one you know about so well and hey,
3: oh i was going to follow up i just read on here from wrestling inc and they said that um the nwa did say that they they have signed a new distribution deal but they haven't announced what it is so that that's why they took the videos off youtube
2: Good. Well, hopefully
0: hopefully that means good things. Yep. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Selena De La Renta, uh, check out this past week's episode of the Ref Bump. <laughs> check out MLW Super Fight from February 2019. Um, Jeff thought it was great. I thought it was...
3: <laughs> oh, come on. You guys yep. got... You, you got to do Battle Riot, man. You got to do yes, that. Yeah, we are.
0: Yo. We okay. are for that show. I love the Battle riot. We
2: are. <laughs> yeah. We
0: are. We got it. No, no. I not bring oh me on for that one. I want to be I can also do live streams now, which you can find me on Twitch, which is where my show is every day now.
3: Dang.
0: There it is. Inc- I was there today. Todd underscore Sinclair. Mm.
2: There you go. And Maybe those shows will end up being shared onto a, another site where you can watch all of our content, i.e. Cod. you want to tell them the YouTube channel?
0: Yeah. Podcast World of War Order. Come on there over. you go. There it is. Mm-hmm. All
2: right, guys. I got two more questions for you before we all get out of here. Mark Henry says that he is going to wrestle in six months. Yeah. Now, look. Hey, Mark Henry, in shape. I'm not. I'm never going to question that. That dude always looks like he's good to go. I guess my question for you guys is: Who is the one wrestler
0: you'd actually want to see him in ring with? Hold on, I'm gonna I'm I'm i gonna counter this baloney, okay? Be, and that's putting it really, really nicely. Who are we taking off the card to make room for him? We I constantly
4: compl- hold, hold
0: on, hold on. We constantly complain on this show about guys like Goldberg coming back, Brock Lesnar coming back, and Mark Henry doesn't need to come back. He doesn't need to have a last match. He doesn't. It it, ser- it it serves nobody okay um, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even you. it doesn't even it doesn't even serve a young guy well because mark henry holds no status right now um mark mark henry hasn't held status in o in, in over a decade all right the no, hall no, of fame no, 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 is no, over i
2: disagree with you i disagree with you at that point
0: uh, wait when did that match happen when did that match- yeah it's been a long time matthew
2: Nobody cares
0: about Mark Henry anymore. Hey, you're wrong. Mark Henry's wonderful. He's a wonderful human being, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying why should I? Because
2: he never officially got the all right. This is it. You know, he didn't get that. And look, I get it. that doesn't always have to happen, but I feel like this is a dude who's still capable and ready to go. He he looks in incredible shape. He still looks like a wrestler. And hear me out. Maybe not necessarily putting over a young guy, but putting over somebody who. Needs a new direction, i.e., Braun Strowman or Bob Lashley
3: or Ricochet.
2: See, I don't think that would happen. Believe Uh, it. I was originally going to say, have him come in and face Dominic and take Ray necessarily off TV to do it.
4: Yeah. I'm looking at this now. Mark Henry's last match uh, was the 2017 Royal Rumble, and then he was. He competed in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale at Mania 33.
0: Can I ask mm-hmm. what his last
4: singles match was? Uh, mm. He had a feud where he teamed with R.R. Truth and Goldust against Titus O'Neil in 2016. Uh, entered in the Battle Mania or Andre the Giant Battle Royale at 32. Okay. okay.
0: So this is my point exactly. Stay retired. Yeah. You do not need to come back. Do not waste my time.
3: You're not even bringing up the funniest part of this. Remember on the Raw, like the Raw legend show, he was he was on a scooter from his I guess he had oh, ankle yeah. surgery or something. That was like what 2 months ago. I mean God bless him. I think on the on the program it said he was, you know, he's lost some weight. I guess from, you know, he's had to because of whatever happened to his ankle, but and then but he lost some weight, he's feeling good. And the and the person he mentioned having a match with on the on that show was Randy Orton. Randy Orton. So. Ah. Oh. so we'll see. I, I I mean, I'm I'm I I liked Mark Henry as a person. Um and mm-hmm. I liked the you know, he was he was a guy that could work funny, he could work as a monster. Um, but yeah, i I've uh and it's not like he was the big, I mean, I'm so, he's sort of like, he's like the big show in a way, but he's not that, he wasn't that level um, that I, you know, but uh, who who, don't know? who knows? You know what will happen though. If they bring him back, he's definitely being in the Hurt business. That's for sure. Cause you know why.
2: <laughs> I'm okay with it.
3: <laughs> because he's black. Jeff's <laughs> not here. That's his line. I just left it blank. So <laughs> I kind of picked up the scraps a
2: little bit. Well, Mark okay. Henry cut the promo where he was fake retiring, it was incredible. (sighs) It was, yeah? All I'm asking is Mm -hmm. a yes or no question. Was it not incredible?
0: The direct answer is yes.
2: So what I'm saying is this dude finally got an actual opportunity to showcase things, and he finally showed off that he's decent on the mic, Mm -hmm. and they screwed him on that to begin with. His last match that wasn't a battle royale was a
0: twenty-six
2: man Mm -hmm. tag. With our truth and gold dust versus Titus World Slide.
0: Okay. Um. Do you do you remember when that retirement speech was, Matt? I want to tell you two thousand. Yeah. Maybe fourteen. Yeah. Okay, close. June of two thousand thirteen. Okay. Still a year here, a year there. I don't. I don't understand why if we can't get the product and the overinflated roster and we can't make it work now what is what is the benefit of bringing mark of bringing mark henry in
3: yeah Here's dominic dominic mysterio was in middle school <laughs> that <gonna> <laughs> when that happens.
0: What's
2: gonna happen between now and six months what happens every year around this time
3: yeah a lot of people get fired
2: green cleaning
3: yeah Right. Okay, so then I'm so saying, you're so you're so you're saying cut him.
0: I agree.
2: I'm not saying cut him. I'm saying there's going to be an opportunity where there's going to be a lack of roster after major cutting and take Mark Henry and give it to someone like Baron Corbin retiring Mark Henry that we can actually use this to push him into a main event match. Do these things. Have Roman yeah. Reigns beat him. I don't give a shit. This dude deserves to actually have one last match that's not a six-man tag with Titus World Slide.
0: Listen, if it, if it, if it mattered, it would have been booked already. I, I disagree with and that. Not, and not three years later in 2021. I I disagree with you on that. Now, and you're more than welcome to. And I'm not saying that he hasn't had a good, great career um, kind of wallowing away in the mid-card before you know, the Hall of Pain. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he's not a fantastic ambassador for the brand. I'm saying that if there was going to be a retirement match, you are a couple
3: of years too late. Yeah. True.
4: Uh, uh I think
2: if it happens, I'm in support as long as it's putting someone over. That's my big thing.
3: I'd mark out if he, re- if he had a retirement match, um, uh, loser leaves wrestling forever match with, uh, Goldberg and ended in a double count, double count out.
2: But then be awesome! Two.
3: Yeah, I like that.
2: You can pull the, the classic heel reference of, well, now it's going to be a triple threat for the title. No, so, that's what you're going to do with that. Now they're both yeah. triple title matches. All right, here's my last question before we get out of here. Uh, we talked about, well, actually, I don't think we've actually really talked about this. AEW is going to have their Casino Tag Team Royale uh, this weekend at Revolution, which I'm super excited for. Can't wait till we do our predictions for that. We have so much recording to do this week. <laughs> so we got our rules for this. Two tag teams will start for the match. Every 90 seconds, a new tag team will enter. Individual eliminations occur when competitors thrown over the top rope and both feet touch the floor. Typical. Tag teams are eliminated when both competitors have been ruled out of the match. Match will continue until there's only one competitor slash team remaining winner earns an AEW World Tag title shot. The interesting thing is the the image that they have here. It includes The Butcher and the Blade, Top Flight, Private Party, uh, Silver and Reynolds, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, uh, PMP, and Bear Country.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: I love Bear Country.
2: I do love Bear Country. My thing is, we don't know all the teams listed for this, yeah? I would be
4: shocked if that was the limited roster of, like, eight teams.
0: So AEW has confirmed that more teams will be added in the coming week. So I would say um PR, at, express at least three teams to get it to twenty one. Chaos project. I mean that is that is the gimmick of the casino battle royale is you draw a suit, you come out to the suit.
4: So uh-huh. I would imagine you gotta inflate that a little bit. So but Matt, didn't you say it's people are coming out every ninety seconds? Yes. Every ninety seconds
2: is a tag team coming out.
4: Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. more of the uh, uh royal so sorry, rumble it's... style than, but both of them. Yeah. So yeah. then, yeah. so
0: so so then they're not booking this right. It's not a casino battle royale.
2: No, they just they just took the name of it. I'm trying to think. They just <sighs> casino in
0: front of everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a gamble, baby.
3: Well, it we'll the first call
0: it the, then call it the gamble battle royal. Don't well, call that the was the casino battle royal,
3: right? Because oh, that, was, the, that was the well, challenge.
0: That was, well, that was the tag because, team
3: challenge. Well, it was double or nothing, was the name of the pay per view. That's why they yeah. did it because there was gambling reference in the title. Revolution is not really a gambling reference, That's unless the face
2: of the revolution ladder match, right? I love and okay. We could do better on these names,
3: wasn't it? Yeah,
2: where was the not all of
4: them need a name. Where did Cage win his title shot? What was that match? The casino ladder match.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Speaking of, AEW just dropped their free casino gambling game. That's not (laughs) it. They actually did that. That's free now. You can go download that on your phone. Have some fun, you crazy kids, because it's about time that we signed off.
4: Uh, Just to update you guys on this Miz match.
2: incredible. uh,
4: Miz was attacked backstage and is currently talking with Adam Pierce about how he can't go. I'm not listening because I have headphones in and and I don't want to get, you know, copywritten up.
2: God, you know what this makes me think of? That one restaurant with all the goofy shit on the walls? Talking about, hey, you talking about shenanigans? You know I'm talking about shenanigans. (laughs) Uh... All right, guys. Cod, hit him with the plug. Oh,
3: okay.
0: Yeah. It's a little different hey. now. Yeah. Um, go check out Twitch. We are at... Well, I am Cod underscore singing Sinclair. Matt, is there any other Twitch pages we need to advertise?
2: Coming up soon. Very, very soon. Be ready.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Time is coming. Segway back to me. Um, we're going to be doing... Some, uh, we're going to be doing predominantly my daily shows as i'm doing on youtube but in live stream form which is excellent um going to be throwing in some gaming here in a little bit so jump on over but for now um until we get the restream stuff all figured out um i'm just going to be editing the videos on my own and posting them to face or to youtube um, twitch allows you 2 weeks to keep your old streams up so ch- go check them out give me a follow Um, In the meantime, uh, we have a lot of other great content on there, um, including a a New Japan Cup video coming up in the next couple of days, um, AEW Revolution Prediction Show coming this weekend. Um, Got some old quick counts, some old referee's discretion, some ref bumps as previously stated. Um, Also have a creative control on there. uh, Hoping to get maybe another one here coming soon. Perfect. but yeah. Yeah guys, come join the yep. Twitch. The Twitch is pretty fun.
4: I was there right. today, can't
0: confirm.
2: Let there you goes. know everything that's going on with our channel. So if you're worried about something going up on a I don't know, Friday or Saturday, it's on the Twitch. Check it out. I'll give on you Twitch, all the Check news. it
3: out. What? I, I just want to say hey be, guys, yeah. tonight tonight was not just the coolest. It was it was not just the best. It was it was just incredible. <laughs> You've been waiting all night to do that, Dwight, haven't you? I have been waiting all night just to do it.
2: On the show, if you want us to to keep getting these kind of people to come and talk to you guys and giving us your questions so that we can put it out there, the way you can do that is by supporting us at Kofi.com slash PWO123. It's as easy as 123, and for the small price of a cup of coffee, you can help us put on this wonderful show with all these wonderful people, with our wonderful guests. And Ben. Our incredible guests and me
4: <laughs> we all know I'm everybody's favorite including Camille yeah. Harry Ben Tabor <laughs> <So done. laughs> do we have Camille back on she was nice
0: <laughs> I, I want to get
2: Jared back on here just for 10 minutes to just just let him do whatever he wants to bet
0: <laughs> um, I can I can I can call Jared I can call Jared uh, Silverclite see if he can come on for a couple seconds yes. <laughs> so much yes guys this
2: has been the PWO Wrestlecast. <laughs> check us out on Thursday when we're live. Also, check out the YouTube with more stuff. Guys, it's time. I must bid you all adieu. Goodbye, good night. Bang. See you Thursday. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye everybody.
0: Bye. Trying to get uh-huh. all of them.
2: Oh, okay. oh no. <laughs>